Welcome to the Blue Oasis Podcast. This is the podcast for finding peace and prosperity, learning the history of hobbies, as well as developing a little side hustle. If you want to find peace and prosperity in your life, this is your show. Get ready. You're listening to the Blue Oasis Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Rothstein. All right, let's get to the show. Welcome back to the Blue Oasis Podcast. I am your host, Adam Rothstein. So today I wanted to talk a little bit about education and just what goes on in North American schools and how it just goes back to our hobbies. So when you're in high school, uh, ninth grade to 12th grade, if you're in the United States, or maybe you're 10th to 12th, or depending on your region or county or if Providence or city or whatever you live in, um, you know, it's going to be a little bit different. But mostly it's going to be 9th to 12th, or you're going to have, you're going to be for 14 to 18, or maybe you're 13 to 17, depending if you have that late birthday or when you um, arrive in your uh, grade level. Um, it's going to be about, at the very most, from 13 to 18, you're going to find that uh, age range. So in, in your first two years, um, when you're becoming a teenager and just before you're, you can get your license, you can, um, you, you know, you, you should be taking, you know, your basics, your, your prereqs, if that's what we're calling them now, um, you should have algebra under your belt, algebra two, at least in geometry under your belt, uh, and you should have, uh, you should know how to write English well, speak it, and actually be able to pass an English class um, to a standard practice. I guess take, throw in a few history courses, science course, I already said that, math, uh, just touched on that. And, and that's pretty much your standard of what you need as well. And, and if you want to just uh, throw in a gym credit, be my... You know, absolutely. And then after that, I think it's like after your first two years, you know, you've taken your history courses, you've taken your English courses, you know how to pass it well enough. And and then it's like, you know, and, and sometimes you have that extra free period. I You know, you could have like, you know, two periods that you need to fill in your senior year. And it's like, does this make any sense to anybody at all? Um, it does not, it, to me, because, you know, I think it's like, I, and, and at 18 years old, or 17 years old, or 16 years old, you don't know what you want to do yet, and rather than spending tens of thousands of dollars on an education that, that nearly 40% of the people who go there don't graduate within four to six years, um, just, you know, rather than wasting that, you should find it, um, you should look for that passion when you're uh, 15, 16, or 17 as well. And we're not encouraged to take a year off. We're not encouraged to, you know, we're f- supposed to follow a very specific roadmap for ourselves. And yet, and, and for what? 
for what? To just, you know, inflate someone's stats so they can get a cushy job or get become the vice principal of some stupid public education system? I, really? Uh, no one really asked us what we wanted to learn as well. And, and if we wanted to be an engineer, we should have uh, gone through, we, we should have had some mentorship. We should have been allowed to go out and on our own and just be the, the mentors uh, that we ne- needed to be um, or, or find the mentors we needed so that we could become the people we wanted to be. Um, I'm 29 years old right now. And, and I have to tell you that uh, I think uh, Towson should have rejected me for the most part because I did not get in to Towson, um, to the actual Towson College. I got into uh, the UM, the UMBC offshoot of the FTP program, and that's an University of Maryland Baltimore College that was um, uh, U, uh, University of Maryland, uh, whatever, Baltimore Community College, whatever. Uh, whatever it was called, it, it was not UMBC. It was not the Golden Retrievers. It was not that UMBC that defeated um, Maryland in that uh, NCAA tournament. And FTP stands for Freshman Transition Program. So you're essentially paying tens of thousands of dollars to take uh, community college courses. The, just so, and it, and I was there just so I could be on campus. But what didn't make sense was I couldn't play hockey. Even though it was a club sport, that was stupid. That was a very dumb rule because I was technically not a part of the university. So paying tens of thousands of dollars to be on campus and to pay for those classes anyway made literally no sense to me. So I think it, they should have re- just rejected us or just accepted us um, to something else. And yeah, could, could have just done that. As well, they could have just uh, done it there as well. Uh, so there's, so there was that. Uh, they could have, they could have just had us take the night classes and on campus and just considered us full students because we were ready to go. And the there really is no difference between a community college course and a university course or a four year university course. It's like because. Because, I mean, if you're taking a biology class, the guidelines are pretty standard. It's pretty standard. And I don't get it of why we even allowed that to inflate the way it did. Um, There are definitely still some colleges now um, for hockey players. This is a message for hockey players. There are some community colleges in this nation that have club hockey. So if you are a hockey player and you are only going to make it to the ACHA or you're going to have be at that level and you're not able to play at an NCAA level, you should go to community college, play for that, the local team, or, or if you need to go um, to a, a county and just drive an hour or so away, you know, you're still saving money overall. And you're not, and you don't have to be in a dorm room, and you can have a car that can transport your gear and and a friend and a friend's gear. 
That sounds much more uh, economically beneficial to you and your friend and your friends overall. So uh, that's for the hockey players as well. Um, going to the athletes now, um, f- focusing on the athletes, um, golf. I say um, it makes no sense at this point. I say if you compete in tournaments and you can um, do what you need to do, um, you can you, you can absolutely uh, you can absolutely uh, become a pro. I mean, I mean, look at Connor Bedard. If you if you're really good at it, there are other ways to go around it. I think Connor Bedard did graduate high school. He might have taken an extra credit um, during his junior year, and he just uh, passed an English course or something just so he could get. To the NHL and have his diploma. I would not be surprised if he did so. He he probably did do something like that, but maybe, and they have it probably different up in Halifax than they do in America. So, so if you're if you're really at that level, just get your diploma and go to the NHL or go to the MLB or just go to the show. And but make sure you get that diploma because you know, you know that will that could still be a factor too. Um, as well. And you should still also, um, and you should still be learning regardless of if you make it to the show, because, you know, one injury, one bad day could, you know, and your career's over. And, uh, and there was a scary moment that Bedsy, uh, Connor Bedard lost his edge. And, uh, we thought, oh no, we barely even knew him sort of thing, and he's going to be out of the league. But no, it was not, uh, fortunately for him. For tennis players, um, I am not... I mean, you're still competing in tournaments like golf, so I mean, just keep at it there. Basketball players, there are a bunch of European leagues. I don't know how you feel about that necessarily, but if you um, do want to give it a go, I think you should... Um, uh, Go there and and guess what? You're exploring the countries too. They could use. There are some high school players right now who could probably fit in well with a European league in Germany, France, Spain, Portugal, um, the UK, uh, Ireland. Maybe Ireland has something too. Italy as well. Um, and uh, there's that. Um, maybe the NBA will expand. I don't know. Um, and you could always get a job in the big three, uh, ice cubes league and, uh, make six figures. That's still more than most people in that country, by the way, um, as well. And, uh, maybe ice cube will, and I, and I do expect ice cube to, uh, get more teams or, or three, uh, person teams in his, uh, league. So, so maybe there's that. Maybe you should support the big three there. Uh, football players. Uh, I, it, okay. Once again, if you are not um, getting your school, uh, having school paid for, at least ca- taking care of the academics as well. At least taking care of your studies and at least paying for the actual your actual schooling, um, then it's a no-go. I don't think it's, I don't think it's worth it worth it personally. And and if you can um and if you can 
you know, live in your mother's basement, essentially, for that time, I think it's better. Because what business is it of to for us to spend tens of thousands of dollars on a dorm room anyway? I know a guy who went to Towson University, played on the hockey team, and worked at the pro shop, and he was... And he never roomed on campus. Never never did room and board. Never did room and board. And he and I think after his first year he just he just continued to be the Zam driver. He worked at the pro shops, shot the skates, sold some sticks, um, sold some gloves, sold the equipment, was essentially he became our equipment manager um after his uh, freshman year, and he actually did score a goal um uh, in his first semester as well but but and and still um I don't know if Alabama does this or or Georgia or one of ver the uh, NCAA football teams do but if they have an option for you to get paid as the mascot or the equipment manager uh, just I say take it get some extra money as well if you really want to be a part of that and um uh if you you know or become the equipment manager, or I, I don't know. But take a job as well um, if you are red-shirted, I guess, but you but coach still wants you to stick around too. Um, so I guess that's uh, that. Um, for colleges, they're not teaching you the trades. They're not teaching you like barber school, mechanics, um welding, carpentry, electricians, and plumbers, uh, they, like, like, you need to learn on the job from them, too. And you can get paid as, you know, a tradesman while you're learning, too, at 18 years old. So if you don't, so if you don't, um, want to, uh, so if you don't want to be a part of a school, or if you don't want to pay tens of thousands of dollars, go work. Honestly, you should work as well. Um, I think her name is Olivia Jade. Um, it was Aunt um, Lori Laughlin's daughter who um, was a part of the, you know, that scandal back in 2018, I believe. Wow, we are, we're a long way away from that. And she was like, no, I just want to go to tailgates and the football games, and I just want to drink. I'm not into this. And you want to know something? She got a four-year scholarship, or, or she was like on a scholarship, and her and you know her mother worked some backroom deals and all that stuff, and and it, and it's no different than than any of the presidents or anyone, any of the politicians that are like up there. And their kids get to go to Harvard, Yale, Lafayette, Princeton, um, LSU. What? What? N- you name the school, and and they probably um, have are there. And then the kid that works his butt off and has no connections to the school and is coming in for the first time, he gone. He's he doesn't have a shot. He's shot down. And uh, there's that. Now. Now, if you're on a scholarship and at least your your school is taking care of it, you know, at least your education, minimum your education, it's able to pay for enough of that. And you can room uh, and you have family in the area 
you should take it. You should absolutely take it to um, as well. You should you should take the opportunity to be a part of that team. So if you're in if you're in the NCAA, you know you're already one of the best athletes in the country at least. And and if you're not, that's that's okay too. Uh, if if you're not in the NCAA, but if you are in the NCAA. You are, you are one of the best athletes in the country, um, for the most part. Even even at the D three schools, I mean, like because most people in this country are fat too. That's another thing. But if you, but you're training in and out every day, and you're closer to being a professional swimmer, skater, whatever, than anyone in the country, even the people that are in shape. Too. So you have to take that into consideration and you need to also consider the fact that I want my schooling paid for. I want my scholarships. And, and that's not an entitlement mentality if you are going to be training five to six days a week and you're going to be having two swim meets or you're going to be having two games in the middle of the week during exams and all this stuff and you have to move stuff back, I say, no, I want to be, um, I want my scholarships. I like part of a, I want an athletic scholarship. If we're a part of the NCAA and I have to take time out of my day, I need to be compensated for that. And that's also another problem as well. You're still technically amateur athletes, even though um, I'm not sure if it's the weird deal of of you can still kind of make money off your liking. Olivia Dunn is probably the prime example right now. Um, but someone like Jordan Hawkins is, um, you know, is going to go to the NBA or something, or it's like, like, or he's followed on Instagram, but he still can't really promote the brand deals. But, but. But Livy Dunn, or whatever his name, whatever her name is, um, you know, she's got clout when she gets out too, at least. I mean, so unless you're building a follower, following, or you're building some substantial audience, would it make sense to actually be a part of the um, sports team, at least, and getting compensated for it, at least, at the minimum? As well, so and, and I'm not talking like giving them DVD players or um, giving them or buying them meals because in the end they just sell it and send the money back. And two, I, and two, they like they come from some of them come from poor households as well, and they, and it is their only option out. And and guess what? If they are bringing in revenue to the school, whether that's hockey, baseball, football, basketball. If there is any revenue being drawn from these events and they're on TV, you should compensate them. So pay so pay the students what they're worth when they're when they can't go out and get a job and they, and there so much time is taken up through studies and practice and all that stuff. Just take that into consideration. Whew, that it that was a long-winded way of uh saying uh Athletes need to be compensated. Now back to the average Joe. Um, get if you are at the end of uh, your sabbatical or 
your year off or taking a year off, uh, go to community college if you still don't know what you want to do. At least get your gen eds out of the way. And at least you could still walk away with an associate's degree, which will still put you a little bit ahead in the job market. But I think that um, that if you have no idea up to that point, just work some odd jobs. I say being a mechanic is actually really interesting. I don't know if I ever, if I would have uh, done well in that. We didn't even have the option in high school too. We had wood shop. That was good, but we did not have an auto shop. We didn't have car shop. We didn't even learn how to change a tire, oil change, the car, all that stuff. And, you know, we could have, we could learn, we could learn that skill, power steering, all that stuff. And we could have gotten our certifications from the school at 16 to 18. And then we're already on the job market and you're making uh, $60,000, $70,000 right out of high school. And you can find a nice apartment in in a good quality community. In what in Bethesda too. You you could have and you could have gotten a roommate too if you really wanted to save some money and you could have lived comfortably in Bethesda in twenty twelve. And and I guess apartments would have been like still a thousand dollars. And even at the time that still would have been a good deal in twenty twelve. So so there's that. But it's like if we if they're not ready to go out, if we don't have a system set up um, out of the gate there, and and I mean like you know parents really don't have, a, you know I'm sorry kids really don't have a way to really make above minimum wage uh, unless they're a pro athlete or they've got some clout on the internet. And now one option is, is that um, they could still do Codecademy or freecodingcamp.com, get their certifications, get a job and get all these projects done uh, as well and just show off their work. But, you know, you know, if if they have the opportunity to hire a 25 year old or an 18 year old, guess who's getting hired? The 25 year old, the 25 year old who either went to college or has years of experience on him. So it's understandable too. But I think like a barber college too, that's also an option uh, as well. And just learning the trade and you can still get hired and that certification still shows something. The, the certifications show that you have a skill more than the degree. I mean, the degree, degrees are for thermometers as Dave Ramsey would put it. But I think that, um, you know, finding your passion as well um, is still very important, even, you know, especially during high school, you know, and you're not spending your summers, you know, in front of the TV playing video games and all that stuff as well. And, and we have summer school, we have all this stuff, and we still can't get auto shop in schools and all that stuff, or... Or and, and you know what, you know what, public school is not the right way to do it. I think we should. There's got to be a way to do it. I don't. So I think if all right, let's say say this: you're 16 years old. You you want to learn your first job and you want to learn the basics of mechanics. Go to the car wash. Go to um, the auto body shop and just ask 
around and just say, um, hey, I want to get started in auto mechanics. How can I do this? What do I do? How do I get certified? All that stuff. And, and they'll go, okay, go here, go here, go here. Or they'll like, like they'll like, there's, there will be someone there. And of course, you know, you could also Google it as well. But, um, but I think if you're 15 and 16 and you want to give it a shot, give it a shot too. And worst case scenario, you're at 3000 bucks, not, not 40,000. And, and guess what? You've probably would have made that your money back within, within a few months at the most. So you're really not out anything and you gain the experience that you could do a job. And it, if it turns out you don't like it, you don't like it. It's fine. <sighs> so there's that too. These, these jobs in the country with, you know, with, that require human beings that are specific trades, we're not ready to send robots into the, sep- into the septic tanks. We're not, I don't know how I feel about robots working on cars and we're now putting robots in the vehicles or the computer systems are there, but we still want humans to cut our hair. We still want humans to work on our um, cars. And, and that's because we need the social aspect of it. We need to make sure that everything's all right and and nothing and a human could put our mind at rest way better than any robot can. That is something um, that Brendan... Uh, Kurosami uh, talked about as well of that's uh, with his communication as well. He's talked about that because if you can't communicate your ideas right, you know, you're not, you know, are you really effective sort of thing. And robots, uh, robots are not programmed uh, like humans are. So there's that. So even in auto mechanics, you know, we're still going to want the human beings because we need to be assured that Everything goes right. Plumbers um, as well. I mean, like, also, if there's a mechanical malfunction, you know, robots could still call, cause so much damage. And who do you sue in that scenario? So we're, so we're not ready for robots to be uh, plumbers or mechanics yet or anything like that. So I think, so go to the trades, work a little bit. If you don't like that, that's fine. Or if you don't want to do that, that's also fine. Starting an e-commerce business is tough at first, but if you can really gain the sales, if you can learn the marketing, if you can do YouTube and video edit, you know, you could still be one of the greats too. And you could still make a decent living from it, or it's at the very least a really good source. But most people will not get to 100,000 subscribers in their lifetime. Okay, it's just statistically out of their range. But I think most of you um, could could do something on the side as well. Find that other topic, whether it's writing a book, audiobooks, YouTube, getting that extra source as well. That's important. And also, um, and also, and, and let's just say this. I mean, you know, you don't get to, you know, Having those extra sources of income will help you if you do get fired from the auto shop or they have to lay people off, you're ready to go. And 
And you know, and you can have multiple passions. I have multiple passions with the books, the podcasts, the audiobooks, all that stuff. And and I do want to focus on, you know, moving forward in the future to help people, you know, find their passion. I I mean I mean there's so many ways to make money, whether it's upwork and and also uh, Fiverr, you know, doing that as well. If you're still going to be living with your parents, that's fine. You can you can do that then. And and I mean, when Fiverr was out, I didn't. I thought it was just you know specifically for artists as well. But no, it's for everyone. You want to do some PDF stuff, um, and help out some clients. Do that as well to earn some money. Even just going to a cop, you know. Being a part of a coffee shop, um, that'll that'll put you further ahead than um, most business owners that are starting out and have no experience. And guess what? You know how to treat customers. You know how to brew the coffee. You know how to bake the bagels and all that stuff. You're going to be so much further ahead. And people love a good local coffee shop. So if that's what you want to do, give that a go as well. Okay, uh, th- this will wrap it up. Uh, remember that, you know, it's not really how you start. It's, you know, that you get started and then you can figure out and you can also always piece the puzzle pieces together later in life and just find your passion as well. And and we don't always find that immediately, but but there are jobs out there that don't need degrees and our education system, you know, does need to reflect that. And if you and you know and you don't have to follow this you know this prescription that you were given at 5 years old you don't have to you can take that year off you can go into the trades and you can be someone who walks away from a job saying job complete end of day let's go home and let's work on and and you can do the things you want to do and whether that's a 9 to 5 and you just go home, watch football or nine to five, and you work on your passion projects. Um, that's all good too. So I hope you liked this episode. I was a little all over the place, but um, yeah, peace out. Hey.